0: This is the last um, sermon in the short series we've had of great sermons in Acts, Um, and um, this one is about Paul's testimony before King Agrippa. Um, And actually, um, you'd be forgiven uh, for thinking that Paul had had enough of giving testimonies, because by the time he arrives in front of King Agrippa, he's already been in front of the council, he's been in front of Festus, he's been in front of you know somebody else, Felix and uh, on it goes and now he's in front of Agrippa. how many more people do they want to chuck this poor man in front of what is life for you I wonder I wonder too if you ask others around you what their reply might be what is life what is life A Victorian novelist and critic called Samuel Butler once said, rather depressingly, life is one long process of getting tired. (laughs) And uh, let me say to you, the older I get, the more I experience that. But there must be more to life than this, mustn't there? There must be more to life than this. And as I've thought about it this week... One thing has been clear, that life is full of surprises. It is full of the unexpected. However we might try to to plan or map out our rhythms and our routines, life has a way of surprising us. Life has a way of surprising us with the joys and the sorrows. We never quite know what's going to happen. Who could have planned for a global pandemic, for goodness sake? I certainly couldn't. Who could have planned that we'd be praying for Pauline Tom today in this joyful way a few years ago? I'm sure we couldn't have planned that. I'm not saying that some planning in life isn't helpful sometimes. Yes, it is. But life is and can be incredibly unpredictable in all sorts of ways. And when things are different to what we might be projecting our expectations or to where we might be projecting our expectations, how might we respond? How might you and I respond? This has been deeply challenging and quite helpful for me this week because I'm always trying to project the hopes and expectations to where I hope things and life may be, whether it's the future of my children's journeys, jobs or whatever, whether it's my hopes and dreams from Matthew's church, whether it's the hopes and dreams for not having so many slugs and snails coming down the wall and scoffing on my plants. I try and plan and project all the time. But actually it is very unpredictable. And as we look back over our lives... The reality is that much turns out to be so, so very different from what we might originally have thought and planned for in the first place. I wonder now if you were to spend 15 minutes doing a little sort of audit on a sheet of paper about what your hopes, plans and expectations were 20 years ago if you're old enough and how things would look now, what it would be. I remember a teacher at one of my children's schools writing to us in his concern about my child's studies and their expected exam results. And they were saying that if they basically, in sort of summary, they are saying that if they didn't pull their socks up, such projected, expected, possible results could affect and impact the life choices and chances for many, many years to come. In other words, it could infect and impact the university course that they might want to choose or um, what degree they might get or the quality of that or it then might go on and infect and impact the type of job they might be able to gain and then infect and impact their career path for many, many years. In my parental response of thanks for their support and concern, which I genuinely appreciated, I was also moved to point out that you never quite know how life is going to turn out. And some of you might have heard this before. And the best laid plans often, except for etc, don't happen. And I gave this example. My brother Andrew changed as a part chartered accountant. I gained a law degree and did an MBA. We progressed and as planned, we went into business careers with the expectation that this was our destiny. As you'll see, I became a vicar. And my brother became a hill farmer in Cumbria. So, as I said in my response, you never really know, do you, how life is going to turn out. And I wonder if and when the unexpected happens to you. uh, Do you carpe diem? Do you seize the day? Do you seize the moment? When I first moved to Bristol Diocese in 2010 in my role supporting diocese and clergy with pastoral care and professional development. I used to drive around the diocese a lot, Swindon, um, Bristol, and all the areas in between, that long spread of the long, thin diocese that Bristol is. And at the time, I consciously decided not to get a sat-nav in my car. But I used to look at the map and work out the routes as best I could beforehand, because I had determined to try and learn the geography of this diocese and the parishes. Inevitably, of course, I often took loads of wrong turns. You have to make that split-second decision, don't you, at a junction or whatever, and you're desperately trying to remember and you can't look at your map and everything else, and you take a wrong turn. And all these wrong turns, of course, took me to somewhere new and unexpected. They showed me somewhere else. And even if I hadn't intended to be there, I learnt from all those wrong turns. It helped my geographical discovery, if you like. And the older I get, the more clearly I have seen that all these different and unexpected twists and turns of life have not just been cosmic distractions for the sake of it, but they have been even the hardest ones, the toughest ones opportunities to learn and grow and understand how to live the life that God has given me. And you will have heard me say this many, many times before, and I will go on saying it every day this, type, this side of heaven. Because every single day this side of heaven, we are works in progress, written on our foreheads, however old we are. If we were to look at our own church life today here at St. Matthew's, anything unexpected happen well apart from the pandemic of course which happened to everybody that was pretty um um, unusual wasn't it then of course we 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 had a globally a a cost of living crisis which we're now in we have a war in europe all these things are affecting us as a as a church community as a city community but also nearer home more intimate things about us as a church John, our children's families and youth minister, left recently to another job. I'm so thankful for John that he has that wonderful job. God has placed him in exactly the right place for him in the right season, a new season. He's a round peg in a round hole. But it took us by surprise the timing. God's timing is often not ours, is it? And uncomfortable, though many of these unexpected life events may be, how do you and I respond? How do we respond to the bumps in the road of life which come our way. Let me ask another question too. If we look back over the years at some of the surprises that have happened in our lives, in your lives, what might we see? Regret at missed opportunities or wonder at the new opportunities grasp? I guess for all of us, it's probably a mix of those two things joined together. But with the living God of all heaven and earth revealed to us in the resurrected Jesus Christ and filled with the power, courage and guiding of God's Holy Spirit in us and with us. God wants us in faith to be expectant each and every day for so, so, so much more. In our reading from Acts 26, and I encourage you please to go back and read the whole chapter, because the whole chapter and the chapter that comes before it sets the scene. But in this reading from Acts 26, the Apostle Paul was expectant. He was expectant of what God could do in his life every day, even when he was a prisoner for the Lord. Again, if you read back just a few chapters Here in Acts, you will see that when he comes to Jerusalem, Paul is arrested. And that is when it all starts. As I mentioned at the beginning, he starts going before the world and, well, everybody. He starts going for the council. He goes before Festus. He goes before Agrippa. He goes before um, the other one, um, whoever that was. Thank you. He goes before every single person. They are just dragging him pillar to post before people. Do you reckon he planned that? Do you reckon he knew what was going to happen day by day? No, of course he didn't. But he was expectant of what God could do in his life each and every day, even in fear of death. He saw his life, including all those many hardships, he saw all those twists and turns of the unexpected as opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And now, in this short section that we have today, dragged before King Agrippa, the most powerful local man of his time, Paul yet again proclaims and confirms the total transformation meeting the risen Lord Jesus had on his life. I'm not going to read it out. I encourage you to read it for yourselves. We've had it read already. But if you go back into Acts, you will see that Paul has told virtually exactly the same story with some variations Twice before, in front of those other audiences, about how he, broken and fallen and persecuting Christians, had met with the risen Lord Jesus Christ on that road. He'd been struck down by a light. He heard the voice of Jesus saying to him, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord responded, I am Jesus and you are persecuting me. He was telling and telling and telling and telling that story of the transformation of his conversion experience in front of every single audience he got the opportunity to do so. And those people didn't want anything good for him. What a testimony opportunity to seize. In front of the king and all those powerful, high ranking officers, he proclaims that when a person meets Jesus, Jesus says, To Paul, as he says in this passage, and he says to all of us, get up, get up off the floor of what is difficult and broken in your life and stand on your feet, said Jesus, verse 16. Rise like he has risen because, he goes on to say, he has rescued us and he has turned our lives from darkness and confusion and fear And all that binds us to light. He hath turned our lives from the power of Satan and evil to God, says Paul in front of Agrippa. Darkness and death and evil no longer have power over us. He gives us forgiveness from sin, says Paul to Agrippa. And a place amongst those made holy for all eternity. In this life and so gloriously forevermore. Of this is gained says Jesus to Paul simply through having faith in him and following him and Paul recounts this word for word in front of whatever audience he can find even if that audience is there to condemn him to death what a testimony opportunity taken by the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus also says to Paul and to you and me Verse 16, I have appointed you as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. And Paul, to his wonderful credit, fulfilled that role, didn't he? As a witness to what Jesus has shown us and the way that Jesus has shown us. Had Paul expected to be dragged before King Agrippa and all those officials? Of course not. Had Peter expected to be dragged before the Sanhedrin? Of course not. Had Stephen expected to be charged before the high priest? No, of course not. But however unexpected the event was, however tough and grim it might have seemed, those people, because they were open to the Holy Spirit of God and filled with the Holy Spirit of God and faithful and trusting in Jesus Christ, All those people were totally expectant each and every day of the Lord's goodness and grace. Expectant every day of the promise of Emmanuel, God with them, God with us, now and in the life to come. Living in faith and opening themselves utterly with courage, boldness, confidence and hope. They could do that because of the Holy Spirit of God with them. They seized the day. They seized the moment. So my encouragement to you, wherever you are on your journey of life and faith, whether you have a strong maturity of faith or whether you're still asking those big questions of life about God and Jesus, my encouragement to you is to take a step of faith, even if you don't feel you know him very well, that's what faith is all about, isn't it? Jesus is the most wonderful, beautiful person that you could ever encounter. If anyone is worth taking a step with, it is Jesus. I encourage you to take a step of faith with Jesus. And Jesus, too, will rise you up, as he says in this narrative to Paul. And he will fill you with his Holy Spirit new every morning, as the hymn goes. Life is an opportunity. Are you ready? Are you expectant to respond to whatever path God leaves you along? Are you ready to take a step of faith again, again and again, and again, and again? To view life through the eyes of God and to see things if you've never seen them before? That wonderful illustration of suddenly, it's like picking up a pair of spectacles. One moment your life. Life is blurred in some way. You don't think it's blurred, you think it's fine, but then you put on the spectacles of Jesus Christ in your life and everything becomes clear as it's never become clear before. I'm going to read these verses from our reading just to finish with again. Because God in Jesus Christ said to Paul, who said to Agrippa and says to us, verse 16 to 18, Get up and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you to serve and testify to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The Bible speaks for itself. Amen.